Welcome to School of Parenting on River Radio. 
Um, it's great to be here. I had a little bit of time off last week, um, so it's lovely to be back. Last week we had the lovely Claire Cogan and Sarah and Bresnall talking about various study techniques for teenagers, and that's um, well, all children actually, all ages. I know that my children have gone back this week and they have exams, even though they're not... GCSE exams they've still got their exams so um, yeah lots happening so coming up on the show today um, I've got two guests actually uh, one I chatted to a little while ago um, Debbie Walker from Maidenhead Great Park which is just an amazing green space um, in Maidenhead which is currently leased by the golf club and uh, the council very sadly um, have got plans to build housing on that now I don't know if any of you visited it you can actually walk through the golf course and it's absolutely beautiful 132 acres so that's coming up. And also, um, I will be talking to Claire Winter. Claire Winter is the host of the Cracking Content podcast, and she's a trainer and a coach. She's very passionate about helping coaches and creative entrepreneurs through storytelling and PR. And I'll be chatting to her. Claire Winter is also an avid walker. She does a bit of Nordic walking so we're going to be finding out all about that um, she's been a journalist for families magazine so I'm sure um, we've all come across those in the different regions and she currently writes for all 41 families magazines that cover the UK uh, which reach 9 million parents a year and I know it's certainly a magazine that um, I have used so that's very exciting we're going to be chatting to her and finding out all about Nordic walking um, but first of all, let's have a listen to my interview with Debbie Walker. She's the most loveliest, passionate person um, and is campaigning for this wonderful green space that we have in Berkshire. Um, here we go. Tell me about the group Maidenhead uh, Great yeah, Park. Hi, hey, Rachel. I'm part of a group that have been calling for the protection of a major area of green space in Maidenhead, and it's currently leased by the Maidenhead Golf Club, and they've been there for 125 years. The land was bought by um, our council back in 1953, and they bought the land because they wanted to protect it from development and keep it green so they okay. could see the benefit to the community of that space back then in the 50s. Okay. Our group formed in reaction to plans from by our council to develop the land. They want to put over 2,000 homes on the space. These plans date back to 2016. And we formed as a group at the beginning of last year. And we wanted to shine a light on, on the plans that are being put forward by our council and to show local people what's there and what they stand to lose. What was interesting when I was looking into this is... There's a, a government assessment had actually been carried out, which is actually saying that Maidenhead has already built almost all of the houses that are needed. Yes, this is one of the areas that we've been questioning. So the objectively assessed need for our town, the figures that our council uses are based on 2012 projections. And I think everybody would agree that 
things have changed dramatically in mm. that time. The planning inspector who's been looking at the borough local plan has questioned those figures and put forward new assessments based on 2018 projections, which if our council was to agree that those were correct, then that would mean that, yes, with all, everything that's been built and planned to be built, already got planning permission, regardless of the plans for the golf course, then we would have met that that need for new housing in our area. So the question is, why are the plans still going ahead to build that number of houses? Our council still argues that that, it, that these homes are required and it's looking like the borough local plan will be approved. But we were calling, many local campaign groups, environment focused, have been calling for the golf course to be taken out of the borough local plan. And mm. to the council had approved a climate strategy where they wanted to reach a net zero carbon emissions by 2050. And so therefore keeping this area surely is critical in meeting that climate target that they have. We agree with that. And it's something that we've raised. We find it very puzzling and they acknowledge the role that biodiversity plays in providing human services. So things like pollination and and strong soils and and crops. And we can't feed ourselves if we don't have a strong biodiversity. So it's very puzzling and we have raised this. And in fact, we bought our petition, which over 4,000 people signed, are calling for this space to remain green. And we brought it forward to our council at the beginning of March. Many of the councillors there during the debate acknowledged the importance of this space. And in fact, 19 of the councillors supported us. Okay. But we lost the motion to keep it green just by one vote. Unfortunately, 20 voted against us. Oh, no. Yeah, it was really sad. Interestingly, all of those who voted against us were conservative. Mm. This this is another thing that we find very puzzling because we we find it's strange that the national government is pledging many environmental initiatives, pledging to reach uh, net zero by twenty fifty, and and yet on the ground locally we don't see the actions of our council in respect to the golf course is matching up to this. Absolutely not. So what's the next steps? So we're going to carry on campaigning to save this space. Um, We passionately believe, along with many local people, that it's absolutely wrong to destroy the space. There's so many wildlife habitats there. If you look at Google Earth at the space, you'll see that about 40% of the land is, is, is woodland. Yes. So there are thousands of trees there, and many of those habitats are for protected species, bats, hedgehogs, badgers. There's just such a variety there. The woods are full of bluebells at the moment, and there's, there are owls, deer, foxes, so many insects and wildflowers. So we continue to fight. I think one of the most important things we can do generally when we're concerned about the environment is to engage with local and national politics Mm. and democracy. And and right now we're asking supporters to write to their local MP or and or councillor and quote back to them the pledges that have been made both Mm. nationally locally in terms of protecting the environment. Absolutely. And 
you have the Facebook group. We've also got a website, maidenheadgreatpark.co.uk. Lots of information there about um, how people can engage with the campaign. And, and we'll be putting updates, you know, for the next phase of our campaign. Okay. And how people can support us. But, I mean, one of the other things that you can do is, is visit. Uh, the golf course is reopened now. So, but there is a public footpath that crosses it. And again, there's information about where the footpath is. Okay. on our website. Great. I'd, I was sharing with you an event organised by Carol Peeker. Her campaign is No to Oxford North. And they invited campaigners to come and literally pick up these bricks and to physically put them onto these beautiful flowers and this lovely miniature garden that they'd built. And some people just didn't want to do that. I would think that just the the past year that we've had a swell, people are a lot more aware now, aren't they, of how precious our green space is. Because for a long time, that's all we've been able to do is walk out in nature and enjoy what's around us. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Rachel. I think that people have valued the local green space on their doorsteps so much more throughout the pandemic. And it gave a massive kind of boost to our campaign because prior to 2020 many people were unaware of the golf course and they hadn't had access to it so when the first lockdown happened and the golf course was closed many people exploring their local space discovered it for the first time and they realized just how amazing that parkland is it's not as just a bare golf course mm. with some bunkers and and fairways it's also got lots of woodland and and wildlife um, and hedgerows and I think that the idea of asking people to put bricks on flowers Mm. and and green grass and that's exactly what will happen if the council's plans go ahead and and the bulldozers start moving in in 2023 and and I find this so sad and I wonder how we answer to our children uh, if we let this thing happen and it's not one fight in one area of the country these fights are going on all around the nation we have to place the correct value on our green space right now before it's too late and we have to do it for our children it could be a space for tree planting parkland recreation even allotments and yes. uh, education. And this is what we're teaching children at school. Our children come home and they share all this information with us. And I always feel really hopeful when I hear what my children are doing at school. However, this is an example that's not being supported. I'd love to actually, some of those councillors who voted against this in a room with some of our school children, because it just, it, it doesn't stack up. I think We'd, look, we'd get them on the golf course to yes. stand in front of the children and yes. say, yes, this is our plan. We're going to build over this. I honestly don't think any of them would ever agree to do that because no. they know that it would be just devastating to those children to understand what they're going to lose. Well, absolutely. Go down to uh, the Great Park and see what is potentially going to be destroyed. So for our listeners, they can go to the Facebook page at Maidenhead Great Park or they can go to the website, maidenheadgreatpark.co.uk. If they want to do something right now, email through to their local councillors and express how they feel about it. And take a look on the website. There's the paths that 
that we can actually follow then through the golf course. Thank you so much for talking to School of Parenting, Debbie. It's been so valuable. Thank you for, for taking the time and, and listening to um, our campaign objectives and, and sharing with your listeners.
welcome back to School of Parenting. I hope you enjoyed listening to my interview with Debbie. She's so passionate about Maiden Great Park. And I've got here with me, I've been joined by the lovely Claire Winter, um, journalist, Nordic walker. There's a whole list of things that you do, Claire. Good morning. Good morning, Rachel. Um, Have you, now you do a lot of walking, Claire. Have you walked, um, where do you walk around Maidenhead? And do you know Maidenhead Great Park? What are your thoughts on this? I think it's um, a great idea. Um, it's I've walked all around Maidenhead. Um, I particularly like walking along the river towards Cookham. Mm. Um, I also like walking along, along the Jubilee River. And it's great that they've opened up the riverside in Maidenhead. Um, and obviously during lockdown, so many more people have explored walking um uh, we've also lucky to have maidenhead thicket which i know you know well yes um and i do i i'm like many people i am concerned about the level of development um uh, particularly on the maidenhead golf course it's a beautiful green space and um yeah i am concerned as a resident where all those people are going to go to school where mm. all, all of that all of that yeah, there's all the knock-on effect, isn't there? The, the, there's the road, the traffic's around there. I mean, they're saying 2,600-plus dwellings. And yeah. on that road, even getting in and out there as it is, um, at peak time, coming out from the train station there along that Bray, Braywick Road, uh, is busy, busy enough as it is. Exactly. And you do wonder, you know, um, in terms of things like local schools, dentists, doctors... Uh, surgeries all those things what you know wh- how are they going to be serviced and is there a better way um of developing the town um you know high streets are changing uh there are lots of empty properties in maidenhead town center i know it's being redeveloped but is there a, a, you know a, you know rather than building on Greenbelt, i'm i was paddle boarding at the weekend with um tara who runs maidenhead paddle boarding and she's mm. really passionate about saving this space as well Mm. and we live in such a beautiful area I just wonder if we could be more creative with 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 the space that we've got yeah exactly and I mean as you and one of the points that Debbie made actually was was with lots more people working from home as well I mean there's there's a lot of empty office space in Maidenhead isn't there so you wonder if it's just something that really does need to be um, looked at again um, because it's a beautiful area and and as Debbie Debbie said you know there's the the wildlife um, there's just so much on there so I'd really encourage um, everyone to go and take a look at the Facebook like their page have a look and see what's going on on the website follow them and just support this campaign to keep this um, really beautiful green space that we have Um, now Claire so we've mentioned your 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 walking are you still doing, what's the Nordic, what exactly is Nordic walking? So Nordic walking, walking, Nordic walking is with poles. So okay. you probably will have seen people out, out and about. One of the favourite thing people like to say to me, or used to, in fact, people don't mind so much now as they say, where are your skis? And it was actually <laughs> developed by cross-country skiers as their training in uh, the summertime when there was no snow and the great thing about Nordic walking is it uses about 90% of your muscles so you might look a little bit ridiculous but you're Mm. giving yourself a really good core and arm workout and you're burning lots more calories because you're really you're using the poles to propel yourself along okay so is so it's better than so I've just got back into walking um 
so as in power walking and trying to get my steps up but yeah. it's better than that then because I'm using extra yeah. muscles yeah so you get really defined arms as Ooh. well which you wouldn't when you're normally walking you you know no. you're aerobically exercising and don't get me wrong I love walking just in general um it's it's proven to boost creativity by 60 percent so um I'm working on some workshops at the moment where we're, we're going to go out walking and then right afterwards because um it's a practice that I do myself Yes. as a content creator um and uh yeah something I'm just really passionate about I think for me the two go hand in hand and I've absolutely loved in the last 18 months seeing all these people out walking that I know wouldn't probably normally have done it mm. but because they were restricted by what they could do and I still think there are a lot more people out and about walking than there ever used to be oh absolutely where do where do we get these poles from because I'm, I'm now thinking my bingo wings you're saying <laughs> it's really good for your well arms. I did stop um, I was teaching a regular class actually not far from you on the Maidenhead Thicket mm. um, at the moment I'm just taking one-to-one clients um, but thinking about doing a Sunday class coming up so oh. so watch this space I'll, um, I'll let you know um, the, probably the best place to pe- people to find me is actually my um, group cracking content on Facebook okay uh, where I can talk about some of these um, these are all just ideas at the moment because obviously like lots of other business owners I have another business I have another business which is um, creating content and training people how to write now, and create yeah, content. Now tell us about that because you've said you, you're you're going to tie your walking in with that mm. uh, just because how creative you know you, you can feel it I mean that's especially with lots of us spending time at home sitting at our desk just getting out and moving but tell us about cracking content your business. So um, yeah I set it up four years ago I used to be the editor of Families magazine that mm. covered this area including Marlowe Um, And I still work for them. I write their national content. So um, I just saw a need with small business owners to write and create their own content. Um, Because um, as we are today, you know, this is a community station. We're all broadcasters. We use social media, podcasts Mm. and blogs to broadcast. And um, if you don't treat your business like a media company, Mm. you're going to you're behind the curve. Now, there's lots of different ways of doing that. But it's my belief that if you're a solopreneur or small business, you often have to create your own content. And I've worked with lots of business owners that might have worked, you know, as the head of marketing in a really big company, but they Mm. had a big team helping them. And then they've relaunched as a performance coach or something like that. And they're suddenly like, oh, my gosh, I've got to do my own social media and my own blogs, and my own content. That's really how that how this business has come about, and it comes under the label of Cracking Content. And in lockdown, I launched a podcast called Cracking Content. Oh, brilliant! How's that going? Really good. It was just named one of the top twenty five marketing podcasts in the UK. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, and when I launched it, it came um, number two under Amy Porterfield and anyone in the digital <gasps> oh. space. Um, in the marketing charts, um, she's a complete shero of mine. So yeah, I've really, really enjoyed podcasting to share a wider message because, like I said, you know that's what's amazing about the 21st century media landscape is we can all be broadcasters mm. and enabling business owners to 
um, blog and create content for their business means they're heard and seen by more people. And, ex- and exactly as you said, there's l- lots of people out there who are wanting to start their own businesses or they've, they've toyed with the idea, um, they've maybe got something in mind and then if you know doing that or giving up a corporate career and then starting your own business... As you said, you have to do everything. I mean, I know with my business, I I am still at a stage in my business where I am doing absolutely everything. So I know it was a really steep learning curve. You know, I didn't even know, I didn't know what a tweet was. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so really, you know, there's so many people out there. And I think even with what's gone on in the past year, lots of people are are actually re-evaluating and saying, maybe, is this the opportunity or, um, or this is the time, and um, so you write for Families Magazine, and yeah. you've, you're still writing for all of their magazines. What sort of articles then? Are you, have you do you write for those? So yeah, so we will look at things, um, and that's what I love um, about working still in journalism is that we'll look because obviously this is the school of parenting we'll we'll, we'll have done features about what to do in half term Mm. Mm. how to navigate going on holiday when you don't know if you can I felt really sorry for parents that had taken their families to Portugal and now they've all got to quarantine for 10 days so we're giving people we get you know we write articles about um you know UK staycations we know it's going to be booming um, the summer and like how to survive them, how to survive the busyness and and activities, free and fun activities you can do with your children during the summer. So that's the kind of content we're creating um, and putting out in families. And obviously we're also doing, um, we do a look ahead to September about preparing for school. And there's so many different conversations we need to have right now, as, as you know, with your other business. Um, you know, do kids need to do longer school hours to catch mm. up? Um, you know, do we need to worry about a summer slowdown or do we just need to let them have a fun summer where they're not locked up indoors yes. or just in their garden and let them roam freely? You know, there's lots of great conversations to have at the moment, isn't there, around Abs- how we yeah. parent. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you and you are a parent of tw- tween? No, are they? No, oh, no all teens. All teens. Yes, we're tweens now, <laughs> teens. <laughs> so how have you have your? So you you have a um, one who's just done A levels. Yeah, we've got yeah. one who's just done A levels. Um, we're just navigating a year out and what that looks like so that's really interesting because Mm. um obviously she wants to travel Mm. and we're like how easy is that going to be yeah what are the options that she can do in the uk so we're exploring some different options now Mm. um yeah so that's her so she she felt um she's got lots of friends who didn't have a very good university experience last year obviously Mm. and she was concerned that that might be the, there might be a lot of online learning at the beginning okay. of her term at mm. university and just felt that maybe a year out would mm. give us some time to think about what she's doing okay. and then I've got teens that will be starting GCSEs oh, in September okay so and have they have all have the exams finished that they have for your older daughter haven't they so she finished she's all now done, so isn't we, she yes. hearing people saying they're done, they're finished, we have them at home. Eating a lot of food. <laughs> and it's only the beginning of June. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, that's why there's a lot of, like, lot of like, so what are we doing this summer? <laughs> I mean, she's got lots of fun um, 
she sensibly booked holidays in the you know they're going to Cornwall they're doing some fun things in the UK um but it is that thing isn't it is you know we know we've got this long summer ahead so we Mm. might have kids that have finished GCSEs and A-levels because of yeah. the exam situation. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, how do we keep them off devices? Exactly. How do we keep them not, you know, I think for me, that's been the biggest conversation we need to have as parents because I don't know about you, I've worked the whole time mm. and I've let my children spend a ridiculous amount of time mm. on screens. Mm. Mm. And it's I'm finding it really hard to wean them off. Mm. Oh, definitely. There has to be. I mean, I, I, I have. I'm yet to meet anybody who says that the the screen time didn't increase um, massively. So I think it. Yeah, it definitely is a problem. I mean, hopefully, with the nicer weather and everything, and and doing stuff. But I guess there's only so much with this, with also uncertainty, even about family holidays as well. You know, normally in that long school holidays, you've got a couple of chunks, haven't you? Of or definitely a chunk of holiday time um or you might be going and visiting family or so on but i mean we're you know we're in a situation where we, where we had planned to go looks like we can't go what do we do in those two weeks exactly. you know I mean, there's only so many football camps <laughs> yeah i could book him on to <laughs> yeah and, and and this is the thing isn't it and i think um the stories I've heard just from May half term of like seven hour queues to get to Blackpool, yeah. um, queues to get into Brighton. So any of those kind of, um, I mean, I'm sure Cornwall and Devon, uh, you know, were heaving as well. Mm. And it's that thing of, yeah, how do you keep your children occupied? So these are all really interesting conversations mm. that a lot of us haven't faced. I'm like you, we, we had something booked for the last two weeks of August. We're hoping to go to Greece. Mm. I'm still keeping my fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> but you know look what happened to Portugal yeah. do you want to take mm. that risk mm. of getting on a plane and then thinking we've all got to isolate mm. um for 10 days when we get back I yeah. don't, you know and they'll miss more school yeah we're, we're going right at the end of the, well we're planning to go oh, at the end of the summer so then it would be the start of they yeah. miss the start of school yeah I mean for us it was the then finding out we'd have to do the isolation yeah. and then saying well it, it sort of take not for not so much for us we carry on with our work and our jobs and that but for children oh we're going to take you on this lovely holiday and then by the way for 10 days when you come back you're going to be back hibernating in your room on your device I mean so actually is it yeah yeah. it's a real dilemma I think the thing the thing that I've noticed um a kind of a a massive trend is um pop-up campsites so a lot of campsites have been fully booked for quite some time Mm. but it's worth sort of following things like families online um, and parenting sites and things like that um, and seeing like hotels are doing things like pop-up campsites you know ones that have got big grounds so it's always worth you know sort of keep on looking for Mm. people are being quite creative around um, what a staycation could look like um, there's a place called the wave in bristol which is a surfing place um, which has got lots of camping around it so i would you know even google something like pop-up campsites if okay. people have decided that they're probably mm. not going to go abroad even if they'd planned to mm. and thinking gosh devon and cornwall are probably booked up yeah. for the summer holidays mm. um and, and many campsites, any coastal campsites, because mm. um, I've been doing a lot of research for, for features, and this was a you know a couple of months ago. Mm. Um, but again, um, th- 
think about campsites that are further inland mm. that you could maybe because you're going to have your car with you mm. Mm. um and obviously i know you've had becker on where you could rent a tent yes, so you don't yeah, even have to buy camping gear so go to tent share and do that um and it's tentshare.com tent, yes yeah so you could rent a tent um but yeah so be, maybe being a bit creative as well um the other thing i don't know if it's um possible to do like house swap because I know that that was a massive trend that you could house swap with like someone in Portugal and they'd come and stay in your house mm. you know if you live in somewhere like Marlow or Maidenhead and you're so near London and you've got all these and Windsor and all these great sort of tourist attractions you can swap houses I'm wondering whether that those house swap sites whether that's you know you could swap with a house in Scotland or something yeah. like that I don't know that for sure but I can't that's a really good idea because one of the alternatives we have been thinking about for this holiday that mm. we had planned is do we go up to London have a few days up there and see and do some sightseeing which we haven't we probably haven't done well we certainly haven't done in the last year and a half mm. um, um, so actually it's th- you know it would actually be quite nice with the children to go up there but that's a great idea about even yeah. if you maybe you've got some family friends yes, if you've got like yeah. friends you could just suggest and yeah. this is a free and cheap option isn't it you yep. could swap houses if you've mm. got friends who are like in edinburgh or i don't know any mm. part of the country just say do you fancy a couple of weeks in the thames valley by the river and we'll go and explore where you live mm. um you know that's something you could do amongst friends i think it is about being creative and i think going to london there's some great deals particularly in the city for staying in hotels mm. we had a great day out in london again you have to book everything okay. so we booked um the national gallery Gosh, there are some benefits for COVID because um, just it was such a really peaceful experience because oh, there were less okay. people in there. Okay. So we had a really nice time wandering around the gallery. You've got Trafalgar Square, um, wandered through Chinatown. You know, all the parks in London, you can do a really great walk. You can walk through all the parks to the, to the South Bank. Mm. that take you a few hours. Mm. But again, mm. it's quite, um, you're not, it was quite crowded in London, but walking through the parks, you still feel like you're socially distanced for people that are nervous. They are beautiful spaces. Mm. You've got Kensington um, with the Princess Diana Memorial. Um, you know, you can, you can, and then you can work your way down to St James's Park and down to the South Bank. If you mm. look on a map, it's a it's a beautiful walk, which we did actually um, at Christmas time before. Um, the last lockdown so I think I think it is about being creative and thinking what can we do because that actually walking through all the parks is free Mm. and then when you get to the south bank you've got um all the skaters under the bridge and and you could walk down to the Tate Modern Mm. but you probably again you have to book all the galleries they're still free and they ask Mm. for a donation Mm. um but yeah all great fun things to do Okay, oh, that's great. Well, let's um, let's take a break and have a song. Um, and I, I definitely want to ask you when you come back about your uh, paddleboarding, because it's something that I tried and <laughs> basically failed at. So, <laughs> All right, we'll talk about that next. Um, so yeah, I definitely want to know about that. We've got walking away and Craig David. Trouble in my life, I'm walking away. 
to another song <laughs> I was I was so busy chatting with Claire <laughs> I was telling Claire all about my paddle boarding experience um, actually that was I did I did uh, put that on my Instagram I'm not sure why of it was just so we we got these paddle boards um, well it, I, I can't even remember when it was and um, uh, hadn't hadn't used them obviously for a long time thought we'd try them out again picked a weekend which wasn't the greatest uh weekend weather wise mm-hmm. so probably not the best time to try paddleboarding for the first well i say the first time um we had done it in france a few years ago but of course you're talking beautiful still lakes yes <laughs> really hot temperatures where if you fall in it doesn't really matter but this was obviously on the thames and um yeah and my children they were for them it was just it was just pure entertainment they 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 were willing me to fall off the board um they were just really mean really mean (laughs) I was trying to do something that I hadn't done so yeah so but I'd love because we've got the paddle board to actually probably learn how to do it yeah well I I mean it it, I I mean I'm sure uh, you know Marlo and Maidenhead we're on the river it's it's a sport that's Mm. absolutely boomed um I've done it like you on holiday um 
And last summer, I went out a few times with Maidenhead Paddleboard. So they do um, river kind of tours. So you can you meet them in different locations and they bring the paddleboards for you. Okay. Um, but obviously the river's been quite high and we know there's been, you know, some really sad events that have happened. So mm. um, I think river safety is something that I think there needs to be more education in schools. Mm. And also um, I think it'd be great if things like River Radio and yeah. our local media talk about how high the river is how mm. strong the current is i was talking to tara who runs maidenhead paddleboard she's really passionate about educating people about river safety so they also do okay. a river safety um uh it's like safety skills mm. course which i did at the weekend on the sailing lake near summerlees in maidenhead okay so um, I'd highly recommend doing that mm. but she can also take you on beginner tours which you could do in Maidenhead mm. um, they go from Guards Club Parade or Bolter's um, Lock yeah. um, and places like that um, and again she'll teach you all the skills that you need um, and I'm I'm really keen to get my children to do it but it's quite nice to learn on the lake because mm. it's where they do all the sailing they've got lots of it's yes. where the sailing Maidenhead Sailing Club okay. is and um Members there have access to canoes and paddle boards and also um, sailing boats. But it felt really nice because um, we were falling off the board and being rescued mm. and getting back on. And it sounds like um, if you're going to use paddle boards, really, it's a good idea to learn how to rescue people. Because she was saying, you know, people don't understand how strong the current in the mm. river can be. Mm. Um, and you see a lot of people without life jackets um, and they haven't got their board attached Mm. Um, guilty of that and she explained you need to keep the board attached because obviously you could endanger someone else the board yes you know all these things that you buy you buy a new toy and you think oh this is so much fun well Um, i mean fortunately the day that we did it i i did have a life jacket on and i was attached to the board yeah um yet the what i was actually wet because i then had something on top of my wetsuit it yeah. it wasn't suitable for the water so as soon as i went in the water that became Heavy. very yeah yeah and it was actually really quite scary yeah. and i had my life jacket on so it would have been you know i mean it wasn't the calmest day we did know that beforehand yeah but still i hadn't i hadn't thought about that element of every item of clothing that I that I was wearing I just had trainers on I didn't have the whole you know proper shoes and all that yeah. kind of thing yeah and it did actually make it really heavy and I had a life jacket on so I can't begin to imagine exactly. if I hadn't been wearing a life yeah. jacket so yeah, yeah really really important then and do you have to have so to do those um courses with with um maidenhead paddle boarding mm. do you have to you obviously you don't have to have your equipment you can just no. hire everything no okay. so so she has two different fees so i i have bought some paddle boards and i wanted to learn how to use them safely because mm. um um and she has kind of like a pathway to success where you know if you paddle three or four times with her and do the safety skills course she's mm. going to set up a, um, a paddle boarding club so you could bring your own paddle board and paddle okay. with her she has two different fees so i think mm. it's something like 40 pounds if they bring the paddleboard and it's 30 pounds if you bring your own mm. and obviously they're big things and um, we've kept ours inflated and put mm. them on the roof but they're quite big things to lug yes. around so i think if i was going to go and do another course with her i'd just um opt for the them to bring the mm. paddleboard it's a lot easier you mm. just rock up they have all the equipment but i do think um teaching our children and 
as adults to learn river safety um, because people are again using the river more than they ever mm. have before and I, I sound like a right old killjoy I'm not I love the <laughs> river I used to row I used to row in Marlow um, and I used to canoe in Marlow when I was a child um, oh. but it is something obviously every year we have a, something sad happen yeah. where um, you know at, you know people lose their lives so we, you know we need to educate our kids really 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 you know we've to overemphasize about safety and the and using the river safely so i think using um the proper instructors and the you know there are so many people offering it and i think um what's the lake called near little marlow i always forget the name they they offer sup as well stand up paddle boarding and open water swimming is it west Ooh. thorpe lake Oh, okay. I don't. Yeah, yeah. In, don't, there's one in Little, okay. so not far from here. I'm sure lots of people. Are, I'm not sure if I've got the right name of the lake, but okay. they offer it mm. on a Wednesday morning and a Sunday and Saturday morning. Um, so that's another place that you could go and you know learn on a mm. lake, which mm. a lot of people will will feel more safe. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, I I'd highly recommend it. Um, don't get me wrong. I am no expert. I um, <laughs> did plop off my board. And that's such. I mean, Fell off elegantly um, <laughs> right by the waterside inn not that long ago. Oh no! Oh no! That would be oh that would have been entertainment for them. <laughs> yeah. So, but well, and it's also um, with what we were talking about earlier about maybe you know people not being able to get away. Um, that is, you know, probably something that people can do with their children can't they if they're um yeah you know I mean we um we've got a kayak as well and the kayak is like a just an inflatable kayak and that is my, for my younger uh, child that's much easier for she prefers to get into that but um but yeah because we've got this right on our doorstep so yeah and I think that's the thing and um she's really flexible if you go to her way um uh, her website and check out all the different courses you know something i think she's also going to offer um like a kids club in the summer so you could sign up your kids for a few days um mm. so and so they just get more river aware they learn mm. how to use the paddle boards properly um and they can rescue people because she said you know it, in the height of summer you also get people who drink too much who are on canoes and inflatables and Mm. in boats and people do fall in the river there are occasions where you might have to Mm. to rescue someone Mm. um so yeah I'd highly recommend it but I'm definitely not an expert at this this is just as a (laughs) user and I'm you know people if anyone I know sees me paddleboarding they'll be like yeah she definitely needs some help well, I saw that you um, you did manage to, you were looking on that photo I saw quite, you were standing upright. I was, That's all I I'm going to say. I could not manage <laughs> even that upright. I mean, I have been doing yoga for a few years, so I know, but just you could feel the, the strength that, that you strength. needed in your core just to be able to stand up. Yeah. Um, and balance on the water yeah. so I'm, I'll de- I think I'll definitely try that out so so Claire before because I don't I, I really want to know just a bit more about your walking because I'm definitely I'm back into my walking I'm really fascinated now you've you've told me about the poles that could help my bingo wings <laughs> at the same time so um for for anybody listening who wants to know more about the Nordic uh, uh not sorry the the walking so you've done the nordic walking but you're looking at doing in june and july um walking and writing that's right i'm going to do some walking and writing. yeah so they're 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 just plans i'm trying to find a location so we can walk and then 
go to a venue and obviously because of COVID restrictions um, those dates haven't been confirmed yet but you can follow me on all social media I'm at Claire Winter UK on Instagram mm. um, also Facebook Twitter Clubhouse if anyone's into audio and, and that new platform Clubhouse I'm also there and I have this free group called Cracking Content on Facebook where I'll be releasing dates for them I'm going to call them workshops. So you can come and write and learn how to blog and write um, with me and sort of engage your creativity. So um, those dates are yet to be confirmed, but please do come and follow me on socials to find out first. Oh, that sounds great. Okay, well, I'm I'm definitely going to be up for that. So we're coming to the end of our show. Where's the time gone? It's flown by. Um, so I just wanted to chat about um, what's been actually in the paper over, uh, paper over the weekends. Um, we, we sort of touched on it earlier. There's all the, all the discussion that is going on at the moment about schools, how we can help children catch up. Um, apparently there's been, it's an average of 19 weeks of lost learning. Um, one of the ideas in uh, Sir Kevin Collins' plan was to extend the school day by half an hour a day for three years, giving children a 35-hour week. Um, but last week, he resigned. So <laughs> who knows what's going to be happening? Um, Rishi Sunak uh, rejected the proposal. Um, he wants to spend money on getting private tutors into schools to teach children who have fallen behind. I mean, I guess one of the criticisms of that is that that money is going um, into this private tutoring. Is it better that that money should go to schools? Head teachers are really probably the best people to know how to spend that to help their pupils. Um, from my um, time in teaching, you know, I know that schools generally have quite a good network of, you know, possibly retired teachers. Absolutely. Um, maybe teaching assistants who, who want to perhaps up their hours or something, but, but, but people who are connected with the schools and know the children. Um, so... Yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure about that idea. I mean, what's you know? What well, you can see that that might be you know uh, a company that might be run by one of you know a Tory <laughs> friend. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, exactly. And this this is the point that's Isn't been made: is yeah. where is where is that money actually um, going to? So, it's yes. the next decision to give millions to private tutoring companies as part of the recovery. Plan. Whereas, whereas so, I think I agree mm. with you as a parent, you'd prefer the schools to get that additional money to, and they'll know which children need the extra tuition. You know, could they, could the existing teaching force, or like you say, or t- teachers in their network help the children that need it so they know where they need to spend their money? Exactly. And I mean, so Steve Chalk, he's the chief executive of Oasis, which represents 52 schools. And it's one of the largest um, academy trusts. And I mean, this is what he says, um, that, you know, that money should be going to schools because they know uh, what they should what they should be doing with it. But the point that he actually raised is there's um, there's a much bigger discussion that is going on at the moment um, in education. Uh, Children, the whole discussion about children being separated into vocational 
or academic courses. Um, ministers have already approved new technical qualifications called T-levels mm-hmm. um, at age 16, which they hope will uh, prove a better alternative to A-levels. Um, uh, Steve Chalk has said it's just this continuous battle between academic curricula- curriculum, exams, 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 and then others who actually re- recognise that children need technical skills. And for some children, those that, it, that, that's a better path for them. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. My husband um, works in the creative industry, um, like myself, and he um, works in post-production and animation, and he can get students that have come out of a three-year degree that still aren't qualified or still aren't able, technically able to uh, provide the kind of work that they need. And that actually said three years working as an apprentice or a different kind of qualification would have suited, suits many people in a different way. And he's saying, you know, more work experience in the workplace so they know what they, the skills that they need, for example. You know, um, don't get me wrong, I've benefited from, an, you know, um, doing a degree and a postgraduate Mm. qualification in journalism so I'm not against education at all I think it's one of the most powerful things that we can offer our children but there's definitely something to be said about practical skills that we can bring into the workplace rather than just passing exams and academia and is half an hour and going back to your first point of you know half an hour extra in the day really going to solve you know the, the the weeks the children have missed at school is there a more practical you know, is it more how they spend their time? Absolutely, within their, within that school day, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was one of the, the comments that was made is, do we allow an 18-year-old school leaver to go on a free year's skills training course rather than to go into debt for a university place? So, yeah, all very interesting points. So, um, n- now, next week on the show, we are going to be... We, we chatted about it a little bit, Claire, but we are going to be talking about... Um, families out there parents out there who have got children who have finished their exams um so gcse's a levels um we're still what fairly beginning about to go into the middle of june um what are they going to be doing with all the time on their hands? So I'll be talking to some some parents. Um, I'll have the lovely Sam Sethi with me next week, co-hosting, <laughs> and he um, and I'll be asking him what what's what's you know what's happening in his household. So um, uh, if you'd like to email in Rachel at River Radio. Um, and, and let me know what you're going to be doing with your uh, wonderful teenagers um, for quite a few months, then please please let me know. Claire, thank you so much for joining us on School of Parenting. I feel like we've spoken about loads. I'm really excited. Um, I'm going to go home and I'm going to find myself some poles. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how I'm going to manage that walking two dogs um, and my power walking and a couple of poles. No. My dog poo you, bags, of course. You need a waste <laughs> thing for on, your dog. On, yeah. on, on, uh, Leave the dog at home. On Pinkney's Green, <laughs> but I, I, I feel inspired to get rid of my bingo wings. So, um, yeah, thank you. Definitely give it a go. Very much. And let's finish with Wonderful World, James Morrison. Down so low, people love me and they know They can tell something is wrong Long, well, staring 
Standing outside, they're just too happy to care tonight. Wanna be like them, but I'll mess it up again. 